0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.
1: Botox Cosmetic, auto botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
0: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit botoxcosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
1: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit botoxcosmetic.com. That's botoxcosmetic.com.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
2: Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, a podcast I myself, Ross and Joe took everything Milton Keynes done. A pretty positive week overall, gents. A nice result on the weekend and uh, had a pretty quiet week for once heading into this game of the weekend. Uh, so, um, Ross, uh, how are you doing? Been too bad, mate.
3: Two away wins on the road. Can't ask for much more.
2: Yeah, it's very rare that we've been able to say that, hasn't it? It's been a very long time since we've had back-to-back away wins on the road, especially in the same week. And uh, Joe, I'm sure you're in a good mood yourself.
4: Yeah, it's all good. I I haven't really known what to do with myself during the week, but yeah, it's just another game to look forward to at the weekend.
2: Yeah, and it's against a familiar opponent as well, isn't it? Against uh, Northampton, and uh, we've got we've got a very good um, opposition overview to come later on. Uh, But first of all, um, we're going to take a look back to uh, Saturday and beating Hull on the road. Uh, As you mentioned, you know, back to wins on the road uh, for the first time in a long time. And, um, you know, six points out of six for the week and really positive performance. Um, So people may argue it's performance of the season, uh, going up to Hull and, you know, beating one of the best teams in the league, a team we really struggled against, uh, on the most part, in the reverse fixture at Stadium MK. Um, And yeah, Ross, what were your general thoughts on Saturday's performance against Hull?
3: I I was just amazed of what performance it was and what a result it was. I think um, you said it was, arguably, our best performance of the season. I think it was our most complete performance of the season. Um felt um, we'd done defensively right. We were defensively sound, sorry. And going forward, um, we really looked a threat. And it was against one of the best sides in the division, as you said. First half, we should have been ahead, but it was um, down to Matt in- Ingram in the holes net. Um, fingertip save from him, denying Rig. But I felt in that first half, we didn't really change our ways of playing out from the back. And um, it was I was just really pleased to see that we're sticking to our own our own, um, our own own system as such. And then going into the second half, that, well, that second half, I, I was just proud more than any, anything. We held our own. And um, some people were saying it was a snatch and grab, and I completely disagree with that. I felt we deserved the three points. We limited the whole city. I believe currently at the moment they're beating Wigan. I think it was 4-0 last time I checked. and We reduced that team to two shots on target all game. Um, and it, I think that just goes to show that um, the quality we've got in that back line in Harry Darling. I know we've mentioned him many times, but the individual I wanted to highlight the most was, uh and I can speak on behalf of the MK fan base here, was Scott Fraser. Can we say any more about him? He just gets better
2: each week. And uh, it's scary, the quality he, he actually possesses. Yeah, I know. Um, I know joe has got some interesting thoughts about Fraser in terms of how, how Hull tried to defend them, at least. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Uh, saying it's a snatch and grab is like, really disrespectful to how his performance went. Uh, it's taken a lot of credit away from this side who just beat one of the better teams in the league and a team that I feel will get promoted this season. Uh, regardless of their performances recently, You know, as you mentioned, Ross, they're currently... I mean, it is Wigan. Admittedly, we aren't the most uh, complete team in the league, but, you know, they're, they're still absolutely battering a team who, you know, are fighting for points ultimately. And, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great performance and I'm really, really, really pleased. And I feel, actually, the performance we see on the Saturday just gone could be arguably a lot different to when we see on the upcoming Saturday just because of the occasion. Um, but I'll pass it over to you, Joe. How did you... Think Saturday went in terms of beating Hull.
4: Yeah, I, th- I thought we were actually better in the first half. I thought, like Ross said, we had that really good chance with Brie and I thought we got into some really good areas and just just looked really good. I thought second half, you know, it was going to happen. They're the home team; it's their stadium, their ground, and they they came out and they they applied pressure. But I thought, you know, never at any point watching it did I think, you know, was I worried or was I got kind of panicking. I always thought, and, and you could tell that on the pitch, the players just looked relaxed. You know, we were get, playing some good stuff, even if it wasn't necessarily, you know, leading to loads and loads of chances in the second half. We, I think we just rode out the storm and then we we, we had some really nice play and, you know, won the penalty and, and uh, you know, you, you're back, Scotty Fraser, all day to put that away, wouldn't you? I think one thing with with Fraser, I think it, it was almost just... It, it, it's scary what happens when someone isn't man marking him <laughs> and i think that there was times where we you know be counter attacking or breaking away and it was it was acres for him to run into i, I, I it was such complete performance and you know it, it so often he'd get the ball and maybe if there wasn't anything on just the most important thing is he wouldn't lose it he'd just recycle it and and it just allows us to go again i thought mason and Grigg led the press really well and I also thought that their movement was actually really good in the box. For that Grigg chance, it doesn't come along if Mason isn't actually occupying their centre-backs because, you know, Grigg was left with, you know, I don't think it was a bad finish. I think it was an amazing save and I think, you know, the only reason Grigg's able to have that time to get that shot away is because Mason's occupying the defenders and, you know, being really clever with his movement. I thought Led and Jules, decent, you know, I thought Led took it. Took his time to get into the game, but you know with Laird, he's got that that um, sort of that ability where just out of nothing he can just burst down the line and, and yeah, really he's just explosive player. Exactly, he just puts absolute panic into, into some some defenders. And Jules just just solid solid performance. Um, yeah, so overall it's just I I, I kind of liken this performance to Charlton um, in terms of. I actually, I actually would say that we dominated more against Charlton, but it almost felt that this win was just kind of an accumulation of the last few weeks, and almost just a, you know, a confirmation of what we can do if we're constantly at it. And it seems that more and more we are being consistent. And I think there's no doubt that on our day we can beat anyone. But I think what's really pleasing is the consistency we're seeing now.
2: Yeah, there was the club tweeted out in there about the. Uh, road performances and how it's gone the past few months compared to the previous period and that admittedly has been helped by the pitches we're playing on in some senses um, you know the and k pitch as we all know is uh, pretty atrocious right now and the sooner we can get to the summer and get that prepared the better but yeah the confidence of showing away from home is a credit to the and staff and we wouldn't have, we haven't seen that confidence in a long long time on the road maybe since our last promotion season um, in League 2 and, of course, the, the one before that in League One um, with the likes of Deli Alley, et cetera. I want to touch on um, Fish and Goal, who he continues to impress me every single game I see him. I thought, you know, on Saturday especially, he was excellent in terms of what he did on the pitch and he showed a lot of bravery to, you know, we saw that clip from the Goalkeepers Union podcast where he's just been chased down by McGuinness and Wiltz and it's his little tap pass to Darling. And um, Joe, I know you gave a lot of credit to Darling in terms of the space he created for Fisher to make that play. Um, but, you know, equally the same amount of uh, praise has to go to Fish for, you know, being that aware and eventually past being that confident and doesn't really get let mistakes get to him too much. And I felt what he did on Saturday was excellent. And um, Ross, what were your kind of thoughts on Fisher's game on Saturday and how he played in general? I
3: think he had it- Good, good game. He, um, he he was there when needed. He had, um, I think it was a brilliant strike, uh, strike. I might be wrong. I think it was from Wilkes. um, and Nick, um, Nichols. Uh, Fisher tipped it over the bar. Um, but I think he goes unnoticed at times, and uh, people forget about his responsibility within that back line because of, um, actually, he ha- he, ha- he acts as like a um, fourth centre back as such, and um he Comes out and plays, and I feel like when you go against, against teams, especially like Hull, who arguably have a championship squad, um, I feel like it takes a lot of courage and, as I say, responsibility to come out and play like he did. And um, I personally feel like we've got a massive coup there, um, in, I think, with time on a free, I, I believe. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I can't praise him enough because of he's just, as you say, get gets
2: better and better each week yeah and kind of he sort of personifies the development of the team in terms of each week we've seen more and more from them A bit up what charlie brown what we've been saying about him the past few weeks about how every game we've seen him come on he seems to show us more and more and it's more and more encouraging every time we see it um and yeah fish is excellent and the fact that uh, you know, Dean Thornton saw pushed him to come in and, you know, he's come in and really worked his magic with him and that partnership's done really well. And, uh, yeah, we're really fortunate to have him. If we didn't have him, uh, we I think we'd struggle a lot more than people realise. So, yeah, nice work for Fish. Uh, probably was unlucky not to man the match, but it was hard not to give it to Fraser after that performance, quite frankly, because uh, he, was, he was quite incredible once again against another top team in the league. And, uh, yeah, all credit to him. Obviously, Joe, you spoke about Mason and Grigg leading the press really well. Their movement was quite good in the box. Uh, Of course, there was the surprise admission of Cammy Jerome on a Saturday due to illness. Um, What are your thoughts on, you know, Cammy potentially coming back to the side on Saturday? And what does that mean for the Mason and Grigg partnership going forward?
4: Yeah, I I think they they did really work well. I think that with Mason, you know, there's a reason why he hasn't, you know, until he came to MK uh, a couple of seasons ago. There's a reason why he was playing in the Championship for the best part of ten years, and I think a lot of what sets people apart in those divisions is 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 the intelligence and the ability to, you know, occupy defenders, know when to press, know when not to press, and you know, if you if you look at like maybe say their headline numbers, it might not be that impressive, but so often would were. You know that, that they were pressurizing, you know, the center backs, and uh, as a result, when, as, when the ball was played into midfield, the likes of Fraser or Sermon or O'Reilly could, you know, pick 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 up the ball after yeah, and and put the, put the players under pressure. I think um, I think Jerome does come back in. I'd, I'd say probably for Mason because um, I, I think that I, th- I think that, that that is our strongest two, Greg and Jerome, and I think with that with Jerome. I just—he's just relentless. I, you know, I, I, I was, I'm, you know, rightly praising Craig and Mason. I don't necessarily think they've done anything wrong, but for me, if if Cameron if Jerome's fit, you're starting.
2: Yeah, it's hard to drop one of your top goal scorers, and as we know, a player who's been, as you mentioned, so relentless and so excellent throughout the whole season, and really proved any doubt was that you had wrong. And of course, he could have that championship move. If he didn't uh, get it in the end just because of when it happened and things like that. Uh, But yeah, you know, that shows, I think that that shows how good he's been. Um, And yeah, and again, it's never a dilemma for us, isn't it? You know, he's not the only player that's going to be back on Saturday. More than likely, we're going to have Jordan Houghton, certainly by the sounds of it, and potentially Kaz finally back. So a lot of dilemmas for us and the coach have to go through, which is always a good thing. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to see uh, what happens there. So we mentioned about um, potential players come back and Houghton and Kaz what are your thoughts on them coming back in? Because of course we've seen the midfield of O'Reilly, Fraser, and Sirs do pretty well the past few games. Obviously, it's going to be hard to displace them out of the eleven straight away. But of course we've seen how pretty good Cass has been for the first part of the season when he was fit. And obviously Jordan is a personality Ross really likes in dressing room. I just want to get your thoughts, Ross, on you know, first of all, can you see this midfield free changing? immediately um, maybe not Saturday but going forward and who would who would you think to be taking taking out and bringing in etc things like that
3: I think um, changes will happen so obviously Tuesday and Saturdays sermon can't be playing that sort of schedule I don't believe um, and we saw that when he got injured against Peter um and Kasumi, when when at the start of the season he was arguably our bet, one of our best players in at the start. And um I believe like the Sermon competition, I believe it will only better him as a player. I feel like he'll develop a lot more better. Um if he has that competition as such. Because of if if he's being kept out the side by Andrew Sermon, he's probably thinking, Well, wait a minute, he's played championship football, he's played Premier League football. There's a reason why he's in this squad and he's gonna ask for advice, isn't he, from Russ, as Russ has um, has mentioned about um, Harry Darling um, having them one-to-one sessions um, about their development. So, going back onto the Kasumu thing and Houghton, I feel like they've got to fight for their spot at the end of the day, and they've got to prove prove to Russ why they should be picked over Sermon and Houghton and other options in that midfield. But I wouldn't rule them out um, to being put straight in, put being put back in straight away because of Sumi's been out for a few weeks now, it Was the same as Houghton. So I think we need to ease him back in.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting topic because, of course, we saw the recent return of Louis Thompson before he got injured again. And he came straight back in, um, in the midfield alongside Fraser and, uh, what for most of the time, Sermon. And Joe, I mean, do you think that we could see like a Louis Thompson approach some of these midfielders? Or do you agree with Ross in terms of how that it's hard to drop the other, the three midfielders we're currently starting, and they have to earn their place back essentially.
4: Yeah, I think I think the thing with Louis Thompson was, you know, it, I, I think we were just so thin on numbers for that sort of week or two that I think that it, we didn't really have a choice other than because I mean he played centre back, <laughs> you know, in one in one of the games in, in the game, and um, I think I think with. Um, I, th- I think that Houghton, he finds himself in a tricky situation now because I think there's two players ahead of him in that holding midfield role. And I think one thing we were saying at the start of the season was, you know, we the midfield, we could never really tell when it was, you know, it might be Lass, it might be Kasuma, it might be, Fre- well, you know, Fraser was nailed on. But then, you know, was it would he be Gladwin? And we were trying to find that balance. And I think with the one holder and the two much more creative players, O'Reilly and Fraser, that we've got that balance now. So I feel that Kasumu, Kasumu, Sermon and, oh, I think Kasumu and Houghton are fighting for that pivot role, but I do feel that Sermon could also play where O'Reilly is playing, you know, a little bit further forward. Um, So I I think, I don't think Kasumu comes straight back in, uh, especially after, you know, the the period of time which he's been out for. Um, So I I I think Kasumu eventually does come back into that pivot role. Um, however, I feel that Sermon can certainly play in one of the maybe the more advanced midfield roles with, with where O'Reilly is or or where, or where Fraser is if either of them need a rest. But I think you know I think our strongest midfield on paper is probably you know Cass and then you've and then Fraser and O'Reilly.
2: Yeah, we haven't actually seen that three yet, have we? So once we do see that three in the field, it could be quite exciting say the least. Um so yeah, exciting times. Obviously getting players back winning games. Uh you know, it's hard not to be really happy. And hopefully we can carry this on back at stadium K against Southampton on Saturday which we'll touch upon later. Uh, but first of all, we we'll answer some of your questions.
5: This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fanhub to put fans first. Search Fanhub app to play your part in the journey.
2: Okay, so earlier in the week, uh, we asked some of your guys to your questions in terms of what were some of the topics or questions on tip of your tongue that you want to get our thoughts on. And uh, thank you very much to everyone who did send the topics in. Uh, we're going to make this in two parts, so we'll do part one tonight. Uh, or when you're listening to this. And then we'll do uh, part two um, in our review of the Northampton game and our preview for Shrewsbury. Uh, so we'll kick off with the first topic. Uh, this is from Alex underscore Mackle. And he said, if you could pick one player from another League One team to join the Dons, uh, who would it be? And I've added the role that it has to be a different player. So we're not all saying the same player. So uh, I'll kick off with you, Ross. Who is the one player you'd sign for Dons if you had the choice of any of them in the league?
3: I think there's so many players which... I'd love that Milton Keynes in obviously League One. I think that um, props, I know he's moved up to the championship, but Ben Whiteman, what an incredible footballer he was. But um, I've picked this certain uh, individual because he, he, just, he just, every time we play him, he just looked really menacing going forward. And it's Shereke Dembele from uh, Peterborough. He's got six goals and seven assists this season. And I believe he's second in the league for the most big chances created. Um, so it just goes to show that he has that quality. But I believe he's got the whole package. I, I feel like he's got the pace, he's got the skill, and he's clinical in front of goal um, when needed. And I'll be I'll be very surprised if I see him in League One come next season if Posh don't get prom- promoted.
2: Yeah, they take Posh taking the approach. They're with uh, the likes of Ivan Tony as to which you know, okay, the player wants to leave, um, but you know. You know, play your way up to the championship rather than try and force the move, and uh, I think since that happened, since the new year's kind of turn, we've seen that a lot from Suriki. and he's played really well. And we saw that a bit against, didn't we, against in against us at their place? So, uh, yeah, good choice. I like him. Like him a lot. Like for quite a few years. So, yeah, good choice. Uh, Joe, what's who's your pick of the players in terms of other league or clubs that you want to join
4: the Dons? Um, yes, yeah, so I've gone for a bit of a weird one and I've, I, a bit of you know bit out there. And with with mine, mine's thinking which player would suit us the best and improve us the most. And whilst I think Sricid Dem, I'm not saying Ricky Dembele is the wrong answer. I think he probably is one of the best players in the league. But whether or not he maybe suits our system, I don't know. Um, but I've gone for Connor Grant of Plymouth. Um, he's left wing back, and he really really impressed me when when we saw. When 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 we played against them, I think he's he's almost. I think he's left midfielder by trade, but defensively he 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 could do a job. But going forward, it was you know it's almost like Trent Alexander Arnold in the fact that you know at the back he might not be the best, but he does enough. And the attacking talent he has is just so good that you just accept you know what comes of it. He's got uh, three goals and seven assists this season. And um, none of those assists have actually come from set pieces. So it's not like he's just getting, you know, headers from, like it's not not like he's just taking corners and people are scoring headers or whatever. Um, and for, for, for a left wing back, that's, you know, one thing we've been sort of saying is as soon as we get the quality in the wide areas, we'll be, we think, you know, the goals will come. And we've sort of, we started to see that with Laird. And I think Jules has done a great job so far as well. But I just think, you know, I, I was really impressed. He's got an absolute hell of a delivery on him. And I just want to give another shout out and, and just say I'd I'd absolutely love it if Chuck Sanico there. Because I think he, he, got, he did get labelled lazy a bit. But I think, actually, I thought he worked really hard. And we, we, we don't really have that. Stri- our, all, all of our strikers are very, um, very much like sort of fox-in-the-box strikers and also strikers that are great at holding the ball up. But with Chucks, you've got that that centre-board that can do something out of nothing, which you know I, I don't think we necessarily have at the moment. I think we've got some great strikers, but I don't think we've got anyone that can do that extraordinary. So that's why I know it's cheating a bit, but there's my two picks.
2: No, they're no, not cheating at all. And uh, yeah, Grant, good pick. Obviously, did play against us. Uh, and it makes sense in what you said. And yeah, I think everyone would jump in a chance, to have Chucks back in the team. Uh, incredible player. And he's shown that this season, League One. Uh, I've gone with Bar uh, Obar uh, from Rochdale. Of course, he played him recently. And uh, to be honest, he if he had a start for 90 minutes, I struggled to see what would have happened uh, if he had played the 90, because he tore us apart, frankly, in that five minutes he did play. Um, 17 games a season for him. Only started the eight, though, so he's been used as an impact sub here and there. Uh, three goals, two assists. I think for me, the most important thing uh, was he's been fouled 1.8 times a game. And considering half those appearances, that just shows how much an impact he can have on games. And, you know, if he's been touted by the likes of Man City, then uh, or well, the Man City definitely seriously look at him anyway, then I think there's something there. And uh, it kind of goes off what Joe was saying in terms of investing in the wide areas. Um, I think, well, Barr is a winger ultimately. And whilst he may not be a traditional wingback, uh, we didn't really play traditional wingback. So we've got Ethan Laird. He's basically a right forward at certain times. Uh, so, yeah, I really like him a lot. Uh, I think he'd be the player that I'd choose out of everyone. Uh, second choice for me has been a player that I've liked for years uh, since he's been in League Two, and that's Ryan Wintle. Uh, typically plays in the six, um, ticks the game along. For me, a more polished John Houghton. Uh, people don't like that comment, but I think it's true. And uh, he should be in the championship playing football already. Uh, I don't know why he isn't, um, but clearly he's doing well at Crewe and developing really nicely. And uh, yeah, he'd be high on my list if I couldn't get Barron.
4: But we've
2: already got the best number six in the league in Dave Kasumi, though, so... Exactly, yeah. All (laughs) we need him is back, fit and firing and, yeah, we'll be be more than happy with this Kaz. Ross, obviously, me and uh, Joe mentioned two players. Did you have a second player that you were thinking of that didn't quite make it?
3: I I mentioned Ben Whiteman. I I know he moved up to the Championship, but uh, he was something else in the middle of the park.
2: Okay. Yeah. So there was there wasn't anyone else that you were kind of like maybe not not Whiteman of course but anyone else or was that was him and Whiteman?
3: Um, if if you put me on the spot now, um <laughs> Jorge Grant from Lincoln, he's he's someone who catches my eye. I, I believe yeah, he's good top uh, the goal scoring rankings as well. I might be wrong.
2: I, yeah, I believe he's also fairly high in the key passes as well. Actually, per game, he's like two point five a game, Uh which just shows how good he is creatively. So yeah, I like that pick. Um Okay, move on to the next topic and it's uh, from our good friend and guest of the pod occasionally, a Harrison 87. And he gave me an interesting question. Um, So, well, his question was, one player out of contract something you keep? And uh, I said to him, we didn't, we'd have an official list essentially of players who are out of contract in the summer. So I've had to get a bit creative and find an unofficial source of who could be out of contract. Uh, These aren't official at all. So, if they're wrong we're sorry um, we just did our own research on it and asked the guys to pick one uh, so the list we've got is uh, Cammy Jerome uh, Dean Lewington Joe Mason Ben Gladwin Jordan Houghton Kieran Agard Dave Kasumu, and Andrew Sermon so Joe we'll start with you out of one of those players um, who's out of contract in the summer
4: who would you like to keep and why? Sumu that is my number one Um I think for a couple of reasons. I think he was one of our highest performers. In, I, I personally said that, for me, he was probably our player of the season for the first half of the season. Um, obviously, you know, he's been quite unlucky with his injury. But I think maybe some of us might actually be forgetting how good actually good, good he was in that first half of the season. It's quite exciting, actually. I think Russ mentioned it. He's got a hell of a headache on his hands when all of these midfielders are back fit. Um, I, I think just in terms of the for the future... And also, you know, I know people aren't going to like to hear this, but he's probably out of those players you mentioned. He's, he if if he goes on and plays how he can play, he'll get us the most money. Because let's face it, face it, you know, we've said it before. You know, if if a team bigger than us comes in, you know, it it, it it would be silly for the club to turn it down. And and you know, you you wouldn't have thought the player would turn it down. You know, a Swansea, a Barnsley, and Norwich. A, you know, a team like that, you know, it, he's going to want to move on, which is completely fair. And I think Kasumu's probably got the highest ceiling out of all those players on the list. I think he's you know, his athleticism is that of a championship or a Premier League player. If he just can work on his technical play a bit, I think that's the only thing really. He's, he's, that he just needs to develop a bit more. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's what, 21, 22. So, yeah. And, I, you know, obviously Louis, Louis would be the board, You know, and you know, I think we, I think we know Louis's not going to be going anywhere, is
2: he? I, I doubt it. Uh, luckily, there's no managerial disputes going on that he has to go somewhere else for a little while and come back. Uh, but yeah, I think the plan is to always re-sign Louis. It just depends on what capacity it may maybe. Um, Ross, are you on a similar thoughts line to Joe in terms of Kaz or Are you picking someone
3: else? I've gone with Kaz as well. But if you just look at that list for a moment and say, choose one out of Cammy, Louie, Mason, if you want, uh, Sumu, and Sermon, as well as Gladwin, sorry, it's just so hard to pick because they all got their individual individual qualities. And I believe that Cammy, Louis, uh, Sumu, and Sermon will all be in, in the squad, sc- and Gladwin will all be in uh, Russell Martin's plans next season. I can't see why he would want to get rid of them feel like all them offer different different elements to our system but I feel like Kasumi is a must as Joe said he's he's like a glue to our system he intercepts and stops balls going through us on the counter attack and he complements others in the system going forward um but the main thing is as as Joe's just mentioned the sell-on fee we know we can't keep a player like that on our hands forever it would just be, be a case of getting a sell-on fee or and then having a decent fee for him also and then reaping the w- rewards like later on long-term when he does succeed.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, really. Uh, Kaz would be high on my list, uh, but I'll be a bit different, and I'll say Andrew Sermon. Um, you know, He's he's clearly very signed on, really signed on to the end of the season. Uh, he likes to way we play. It's very similar to what he played with at Bournemouth, for example, and I feel as sort of Joe alluded to earlier in the episode, how pivotal he's been in that midfield while Kaz hasn't been there. Um, of course, Kaz is on his way back uh, very soon, but I feel it would be good to tie down Sermon for next season if we can. Of course, I'd imagine there'd be championship interest. You know, he's definitely can still play there. Um, he's done so well in League One and... Yeah, I feel that midfield's interesting because what we've got, four players there out of contract and of course Louis Thompson will be going back to Norwich if we don't sign them permanently. So that's five midfielders centrally who are either leaving the club or uh, on aspiring contracts. So that's going to be a key area for us to target and uh, I feel, I mean, we have to be targeting to sign at least two of those back, probably three. Um, and yeah, Kaz and Sermon are probably the two at the top of the list uh, from our perspective. Okay. So I'll throw a photo off for you gents. Uh, Cause why not? At uh, Mark underscore LO4 asked about, uh, do you think we're at the stage where Charlie Brown should start starting more g- games? Uh, especially with like, Jerome missing recently due to illness. And um, he doesn't, in his opinion, Mason doesn't hasn't really posed a threat recently in games. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a summary of the topic. So I'll pass it over to you, Joe. Obviously you mentioned about Mason and Greg doing really well on Saturday. Uh, what are your thoughts about throwing uh, Charlie Brown into the mix and uh, seeing what happens there.
4: Um, I think, yeah, I think with Mason, he, he, he maybe hasn't been threatening, but if he gets a chance, he tends to stick it away. And I think there's only, for, for players that have played, I can't remember what the, the limit of minutes were, but he's got one of the best goal scoring rates in the league. I think pre the whole game, I think he was maybe the sixth or seventh best highest um, like goals per minute, goals per 90 minutes in, in the league. So yeah, I think, With Mason, I think he's such a clever player, and I think one thing with Mason is he kind of helps other players play better. I know it's a bit of a lazy answer, but that's what I think. I think that's why I think uh, Russ likes Mason so much, and I think with, I think it's difficult because Charlie Brown has looked very bright in in patches, but coming on when you're you know perhaps winning, and the game's not done as such, but when the game's in a kind of different state. It's a bit different to maybe when we're the ones applying the pressure, really looking for a goal. But, you know, I've been impressed with Brown. And Martin himself said he's been surprised at how far along Brown has come. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see to see Brown start. Definitely, no. And, you know, he has looked lively in his cameos. Um, so, but I, I just think that the options we've got at the moment, I, I think that they are ahead of Brown. Uh, uh, just for now, though.
2: Yeah, I remember we did a poll, didn't we, on the weekend asking about Charlie Brown. It's fairly 50-50 split, to be fair, in terms of whether he should be starting games. Um, but, yeah, I'd agree. I think just about, I would like to see Brown start more games towards the end of the year. Maybe when, you know, our situation regarding... I
4: mean, safety, guaranteed
2: playoffs. Or guaranteed playoffs, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've just got is, a couple
4: of games spare at
2: the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's a more solidified um, either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, he's a talented player, and I feel he will get a chance eventually. He's just had to be a bit patient. I feel like some of the other players in the squad, um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll see uh, towards the end of the year how uh, how well he performs. Um, Ross, are you kind of in agreement with that, or do you think Brown should be getting more of a chance? I
3: completely agree with you too, but, uh, boys. I believe um, I personally believe that the options like Greg, Jerome, and Mason, if we're to drop one of them for Brown, I'll be I wouldn't be disappointed, but um, I'd expect quite a lot from Brown um, at this stage of the season. Because of, at the moment, we're not as you say we're not guaranteed anything at the moment. We could drop back into that lower end of the table, or we can push on and look beyond. But um, putting that on Brown's shoulders, I don't I don't feel like it's justified as such. But yeah, in the next couple of weeks, months, once we've got things secure, um, yeah, why not?
2: Yeah, it was, it was, you know, you've, you've played as well. I mean, Sam Ndombe, uh, Mattis Renona for a brief period um, and it's worked quite well for us uh, bringing these players in towards the end of the season where not got an incredible amount to play for. Um, and yeah, I think doing the world a good. Uh, so yeah, good question. Thanks, Mark. Um, Maybe a bit too soon just yet though. Okay, so that's kind of covered our topics. Uh, thank you guys once again. Um, we'll answer the rest of those topics on our next episode it's episode 35. And now we move to the final part, which is our Northampton opposition overview with Matt from Cobblers Vlogs. So after picking up six points in a really great week away from home uh, against Rochdale and Hull, we return back to stadium MK and welcome familiar opponents this season and previous seasons in Northampton town. And we've got the pleasure of welcoming on Matt from Cobblers Vlogs to give us a load down on everything Northampton. So Matt, how are you doing?
5: Yeah, not bad, thanks. We were just saying no, I'm I'm good off the pitch, but um, on the pitch is uh, not quite the same at the minute.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. Obviously, it's been a lot of transition at Northampton at the moment, which we'll uh, we'll get onto very shortly. Um, but before we do that, give us a brief rundown in how Northampton have been since we last played, which I believe was early on in the season at uh, Sixfields. How have Northampton got on since then?
5: Yeah, so we played you, didn't we, in the Papa John's Trophy. That was probably the most recent game, but I kind of didn't think about that because it's kind of irrelevant and nobody really cares about that tournament anyway um so yeah we we um drew nil nil with you back in november um and we were actually above you in the table albeit by two places and like one point um but we we're still above you in the table i so see you're now you know far higher than we were um we then went on that weekend or that or the following weekend um to get knocked out of the fa cup embarrassingly against uh, oxford city and that kind of sparked a, a train of pathetic sort of performances. Um, we beat Burton and Fleetwood, um, which were quite good wins for us, but then we lost 4-0 uh, back-to-back in December against Lincoln and Oxford, and um, a lot of fans were calling for Keith Curl's head then, um, and then he did what Keith Curl does and um, pulled it out the bag when he's under pressure and got a, w- a win against Gillingham 3-1. with a brilliant that night. We drew 0-0 against Sunderland um, to start the year. Um the start, since the start of the year, we've um, had more managers than we've scored goals. Um, we've only scored one since the turn of the year. Um, and obviously, Keith curl has been sacked. So we've obviously got caretaker John Brady, who we'll, we'll talk to in a bit. Um, and Keith Kerr was sacked after we lost to Wigan last Tuesday. Um, and that was just, that was as bad as it probably could have got. Um, we lost to Burton in John Brady's first game in charge, which we weren't really impressed with. But, you know, he had two days to to um, get to know the squad so I wasn't expecting you know much different um, in that one and then we played Ipswich last night and uh, got a nil-nil draw um, Ipswich as I think we can probably all agree a, a punching below their weight at the minute in the league um, a calling for Paul Lambert's head you know like we were with Keith Curl a week or two ago so yeah it's been um, up and down but I think we're all quite glad that Keith Curl's gone um, but we're not looking forward to coming to come into stadium mk on saturday because we never win there and uh every time i go i said ah oh, never coming back to this shit hole ever again and i always do so yeah um it's not a place that i particularly like going to and i'm quite glad i won't be there on saturday once
2: yeah we have exactly a feeling like going to six fields we never win there basically so it's never <laughs> it's always oh, a short trip home and back it's yeah, uh, not exactly yeah. a pleasant one well, it's um, actually
4: closer to closer to um Closer to me and Ross than it is actually to for us to go to Milton Keynes living in Kettering. So,
2: <laughs> I mean, Matt, you mentioned about uh, Keith Carl moving on, of course, uh, John Brady coming in as caretaker manager. Um, I believe you know uh, John Brady a bit more than the casual Northampton Town fan do. So, if you want to inform us a bit about that, then feel free. <laughs>
5: Yeah, this is kind of my claim to fame. I seem to have told every single person that I've laid eyes on. <laughs> I know the new goblins manager. Um, yeah, he was my. Um, he runs this kind of coaching company. I don't know if, if it branches out to Milton Keynes and he has stuff there or not, but um, he runs this like football company called Back of the Net, um, and they do like half-term holiday sessions, and, and they go into primary schools on a Saturday morning. Uh, sorry, on a, on a weekday morning, whenever it is, um, and do like football coaching. Um, and he's like the head, the owner of it. Um, and he was always the coach that came to our school. And obviously he was at all the holiday sessions that I used to, I used to go to my mates. So, um, yeah, I know him quite well. Was, that was when he was at Brackley as well. So I used to talk to him a bit about how he was kind of getting on there. Um, and I bumped into him a couple of times since. He's a really nice guy. Um, I saw him at he coaches um, at my school um, with, the, with the academy. Um, I bumped into him and he didn't really have much time. And he sent me a DM on Twitter after, you know, saying, how are you? Sorry, I missed you sort of thing. So he's a nice guy. Um, it seem, seems to be going well with him so far as well. And his, his post-match interviews are so much more refreshing. And um, Keith Curls is a bit of honesty about it. And it's not sort of a, politi- a politician-like answer like it used to be.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I suppose by sounds of that, he's been really positive and he's starting to give a fresh sort of take on Northampton. And I suppose it's been reflected on the pitch also. So how, over the past few games, he's been caretaker. How have Northampton kind of set up on the pitch?
5: Yeah, so we've only played... Um, two games with him in caretaker charge um, three or four weeks ago, we played Lincoln um, under Keith Kerr and we played a 4-3-3 um, and that really, really worked. And then typical Keith Kerr something works and he didn't do it again. Um, so yeah, we played that 4-3-3 and we've kind of gone back to that since um, John Brady's come back. Um, so we seem to be playing with a lot more freedom and, um, the players, uh, John Brady said the players haven't had their minds stretched for a long time, um, sort of a wave in Keith Curls football. So there's a lot more expression about them that they're allowed to sort of do what they want going forward rather than just, you know, sending it over the midfield. And we were talking about Ryan Watson before the game and uh, before we came on on um, on air. And he was um, someone that was being completely bypassed, bypassed in the middle of the park. Um, Bryn Morris as well is another creative player in there. Um, and yeah, we just weren't seeing any of our kind of midfield quality um, it was just sort of hoof it and hope um so the players now've got a lot more express a lot more freedom they they're allowed to express themselves um we seem to adopt a, a shoot on site policy against Burton um on saturday you know, so, you know we're having pop shots from 30 30 25 30 yards out so yeah there's a lot more freedom expression which i like and um that's that's something i kind of had i know i was a, you know a 10 year old kid being coached by john brady but you know it was always about passing it and being creative and shooting when you get the chance so that kind of Reflect um, in the way we're playing at the moment.
2: And I suppose that kind of keep the ball at your feet and pass style kind of tries to breed confidence in a player, isn't it? Maybe they might have lost during the curl sort of era at the club.
5: Yeah, I don't think the confidence could be much lower um, at the minute. Brady was saying in training, you know, players are slating each other when they miss a chance or and, and stuff like that. And it's a mentality thing that's got to change. Um, at the club so yeah the confidence needs to really needs to be injected back into these players I don't know how we're going to do it um, because I can't see us doing it on Saturday but yeah there's definitely a confidence or definitely was a confidence problem and and I think if I think we just need we need a goal because like I said we've had more managers than goals um, this year um, and I think we just need it to go on it off someone's back or you know just hit someone in the face and go in without them knowing about it just to you know get us back into the swing of things again.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about the goal situation. I believe Joey wanted to touch on it a bit more, so I'll pass it over to him.
4: Yeah, you you mentioned about that, and I think one thing I noticed when when we played you before was, and I was listening, to, I was actually listening to the Northampton commentary, and they were saying about how you were lining up with almost five defenders and then three holding midfielders, and it was kind of just up to the two, um, you know, the, the two strikers to, to to actually try and create something, like you say, and. Um, but the, defensively, you haven't actually seemed that bad. It just seems like, um, you, like you say, you just can't score. And, you know, because looking for your team, you've got some quite decent attacking players, I think, for the level. So how was, you know, what, what have we seen in the last couple of games? And is, a, I guess, um, I say, what was the problem and what seems to be, uh, what measures have been put in place, which potentially are solving that problem?
5: Yeah, we said about the defence and he said, you know, not been that bad. We were, we used to be, it used to be awful and then we sorted that out and then the goals then dried up and we weren't scoring anymore. Um, So I think, I don't know, Keith Curl didn't know his best 11. I think that's kind of, that's for certain. Um, And Danny Rose just hasn't, you know, he's not been given a chance. You know, every time he scored, he was then dropped. Um, Harry Smith has gone on loan to Motherwell in January and he was, you know, just, terrible um, for for what we wanted you know the, ser- the service quite, quite quite frankly wasn't there um, and I think it is the mid nothing really to do with the midfielder because they don't see it, they didn't see any of the ball um, it was more just Bolger uh, especially is the, is the one that gets picked out a lot that just kind of just lumps it up there and, it, and expects them to to do something with it I think it just comes back to the confidence thing because I don't think it's n- that they've not got the ability to um, and they seem to, at the minute, kind of just panic when they get in front of goal, um, which is something you, ne- you never want to see happen because that's when you get your skewed shots and, and things just going wrong. So I think it's just confidence. I think the ability is there. Um, I just think the confidence. And I think now we're playing this more kind of expressive um, football. I think the goals will probably come, I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because
4: I think, you know, we're, we're just going to get to it about
5: it next. But I think
4: in, in Joseph Mills, you know, he came on, I think he was just first game back from injury he looked quite lively down that because I, I don't think you are playing you know the 3-5-2 uh, formation anymore but you know with I think with with Joseph Mills you could tell he had flashes of you know real ability and Hoskins we know is very lively um, um but we mainly I, I guess wanted to say, ask about Peter Chioso as a former former Don and is there any other players we should be looking out for at the, at the weekend?
5: Yeah, so the wing-back thing was a, a big topic of discussion because especially with Mills, um, we had uh, Nicky Adams and Joe Martin, who both left in January. Uh, but they were when Mills was injured, they were the two that were being sort of swapped around on that left-hand side. And Nicky Adams, as you know, is, is a winger rather than a, a wing-back. And Joe Martin is a left-back rather than you know a left wing-back. So it was either too attacking or too defensive um, down that side. So Mills has given us that good balance. And I guess the same is kind of there with the right-hand side. With Hoskins can play on the right. As a right winger, um and Harriman can play as a right back. So again, Kyoso's really found that and Mills really brought us that balance. So yeah, they're really good, um, really good creative threats. Um, I'd say Bryn Morris as well when he's when he's on his day can can pick out a pass and and um can certainly hit one from range as well. Not that we've seen that because we haven't scored recently. Um but yeah, um those the, the wingers would be the main ones. Um Sam Hoskins seems to be any manager that comes in seems to be scared to take him out. Um, he seems to be very inconsistent, uh, either, you know, either plays sort of behind the striker or, or as a striker or, or as a winger. Um, I think I've seen him play at left back before, right back. He played everywhere, I think, apart from in goal and at centre half. So um, Hoskins can play anywhere. And, you know, with Hoskins, I suppose that's probably why people, uh, managers keep him in, is, is you're going to get 100% from him. Um, whatever you get, um, or wherever he plays. So, yeah, I would say the wing backs are definitely ones to watch out for. Kioso looks really dangerous. Pacey, we've um, got a decent cross on him as well, and he's, he's um good defensively. I say he's a little bit. I mean, he's nowhere near as good as Trent Alexander Arnold, but I'd say he's that similar sort he's much better going forward than he than he probably is at the back. Even though he's still okay at the back. Um, so yeah, Kioso as a as a former. MK man, which I didn't know he was, he's he's definitely been, been good this season and Bolton fans as well. seem pretty annoyed that Luton recalled him to send him to us.
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of names mentioned there. Um, Ross, did anyone else, um, aside from what Matt said, did anyone else catch Ryan from the Northampton perspective that you want to ask Matt about, or did he kind of cover all bases?
3: No, he didn't. Uh, There was one player I wanted to cover was Sean McWilliams. I know a few Northampton fans wanted him as captain. And, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on why you should be selected as captain if you choose him to.
5: Yeah, well, he's been really unlucky, Williams, with um, injury. He broke through when we were last in League One and then got injured for, for most of well, the season. We got relegated back to League Two and sort of came back um, back in this season. So he's been unlucky with injury, but he's a home, homegrown player. He's from our academy. He's from Northampton. He was a Northampton fan. Um, and obviously, you guys probably will feel the same as well whenever you see, I see a, a homegrown player. Doing well, you know, you're going to be right behind him. They can't do anything wrong in your eyes. Um, but Williams has got that real bite in midfield. He seems to have leadership as well. He seems to be, you know, be pointing at people. And, you know, I said about the bite, don't be surprised if he gets booked, you know, on Saturday afternoon. I think he got booked um, last night against Ipswich as well. Um, doesn't quite have the kind of forward thinking quality, if that kind of makes sense. Um, but he's really sort of a, a, a monster in that midfield and will get stuck into players and will we'll fly into challenges, which I think is something, you know, as, as much as um, you can't really make a tackle anymore these days it's, it's something that fans love to see, isn't it? So I think, yeah, definitely captain worthy's a leader um and he's definitely one that likes to do the dirty work in the middle of that midfield as well
2: definitely, so we've kind of we've touched all bases in terms of how have happened to have been since uh, Brady to come in and you know some key players to watch out for so we're getting to our predict start start elevens and I'll kick off with the Don side of things and I'll kick off with you, Joe. Um, how do you have the Don up on Saturday against Southampton in terms of starting 11?
4: Um, So I've just gone unchanged, really. I, 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 the only one a change, actually, I've made one change, big card. Um, I've brought Jerome in for Mason. Um, so I've gone for Fishing goal, Ahura Darling and Lewington across back three uh, and then Laird. And I've gone for Jules wing back. I think, you know, with Jules, I think we've got, you know, three really good candidates for left wing back. But personally, I can't really see a reason to drop Jules at all. Um, Andrew Sermon in that pivot role. And I think that's going to be the key area because we saw in the game in the Papa John's trophy that, you know, it is likely that we will dominate the possession. So just keeping it rotating, I think, will be important. Um, I've gone for O'Reilly and Fraser um, alongside uh, Sermon in midfield. And then I've gone for Jerome and Will Grigg up front.
2: Yeah, pretty strong. Um, so a bit, bit, bit baffling as to why Cami wasn't playing. Or oh, as he mentioned, sorry, in a press conference today, I thought uh, Toby Locke might have asked him about where he is. And obviously he was... He was ill. Uh, he was yeah, ill, he was he Ill wasn't he? Yeah. And um, yeah. hopefully he's okay. So hopefully he can play. Um, but yeah, my line not exactly the same, uh, depending on whether Cammy can actually play on Saturday. Um, if not, we'll probably see uh, Mason and Rick again, which to be fair, was, wasn't bad at all against Hull, was it? So... Um, we'll take I think, it, yeah. yeah. Outside of Miracle Save and uh, Matt Ingram, Rick probably would have got his first goal since going back. So, yeah, I like I like that eleven a lot. Um, Ross, are you in agreement with myself and Joe?
3: Yeah, full house. I, I can't I can't see anyone being dropped after a performance like that against Hull, also being one of the best best better teams in the league. Um, I just feel like no one's warrant to be dropped in coming into this weekend's clash.
4: Oh, so Even. too?
2: Yeah, yeah. So Edith drone was not back Ross? You'd, you'd play. So it was back. You'd play um Mason and Greg.
3: Well, I, th- I, th- I personally think Mason had a better game at the weekend. I feel okay. like um, and I know I'm one of his critics as such in previous episodes. I felt like at the weekend his positioning and his movement was a lot better than what it had been. I believe um, he was a bit more involved with Fraser and that um. Whether that was um, a thinking from Russ, I don't know. But yeah, I, I personally, I'd go and change.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, it's it's hard to change a team that's beat second in the league, isn't it? Really, it's a seems a bit counterproductive. Um, we'll finish it off with uh, you, Matt. What's your cobbler's aren't looking at for Saturday?
5: Yeah, so I think we'll stick. 4-3-3. Um, I think this is probably unchanged from Tuesday. I think there might be one or two in there. Um, I think Mitchell in goal, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Arnold come back in. He's made a couple of um, howlers recently on Saturday against Burton. He um, Kian Bolger made a, a clearance and um, kind of a back pass and he picked it up and gave away a free kick, which would only happen to us. Um, at the back, I think yeah Mills and Kioso uh, um, as, as the fullbacks with Horsefall and Lloyd Jones the centre halves um, and Bolger, as I just mentioned was the man that played it back to um, to Mitchell for that pass back and John Brady's kind of said he needs to sort of reset himself and and you know sort of have a break away from the pitch um, so I'll go with them to the centre half I think McWilliams and will definitely be in that sitting role um, I think either Watson or Morris could play in the sitting role um, with McWilliams. Um, so I'll go. With, I've gone with um, Morris, and then we'll kind of have Watson behind the front three, um, which I think will be Hoskins on the left, um, Rose on the right, and Marshall through the middle. No, no, Rose, Marshall on the right, and Rose through the middle. There we go.
2: <laughs> Got it right eventually. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it sounds a strong lineup, and I think you know it's, we've never played Northampton, so it's been competitive games. You know, it hasn't really been a game where either team sort of blew each other away, um, and that complaints our predictions. Well, exactly. Yeah. That, was, that was not a fun day. I remember being that standard. Oh.
3: You're my of fame, eh?
2: <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a fun day for us. At least it was a short trip, I suppose. Um, okay, so we're getting to our predictions. Um, I'll kick it off with you, Matt, first. Uh, what's your prediction for Saturday with Northampton travelling to Milton Keynes?
5: Yeah, well, I've been there three or four times. I've never seen us win there. So I think, or oh, is there always a first? Um, is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I think we'll sneak a one-nil win.
2: Okay, like it. Nice a positive in terms of a couple of point of view. Um, Joe, what's your thinking in terms of a prediction or a score result? Say so, sorry for a Saturday.
4: Um, I think yeah. I, th- I think we've we've been on such a great run recently. I think that I don't think the pitch will help us. So I do think it will be a bit closer than maybe you know if it was say played on a neutral venue or something. Maybe a bit closer. But uh, I think it would be fairly comfortable. I'm going 2 now.
2: OK. Don's. Uh, bro- yeah, Don's. Dons yeah. <laughs> <careful>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always do that, don't we? Um, Ross, what's your thinking in terms of score prediction for Saturday?
3: i got a weird feeling about this weekend. And I, I don't know why. I feel like all the pressure's on us. Northampton have nothing to lose. And um, I just feel after yesterday's performance against Ipswich, Northampton, that is. I feel like they have a bit of momentum and belief going into this weekend. And for some reason, I, I, d- I do feel like they'll get a goal. And I don't know why, but um, but I, I do feel like our quality in our final third will uh, be more than enough. So I've gone with a 2-1 Don's victory.
2: Okay. I mean, I, I agree with you to an extent. Um, I do think it'll be a much closer game than some people think it will be. I know these games are always pretty close, apart from the you know, occasional anomaly. And we're welcoming a few players back, you know, hopefully Kaz, likely Jordan Hamilton, back also into that midfield. And, you know, we might see Jerome back as well. Who knows? So I've gone with one nil dons. Um, it could be quite a nervous one, I think, for us, but I think we'll get a job done eventually. This might take a little while. So we all reckon we're going to win. Um, yeah, four wins across the board, depending on which other side you're back for. Um, but Matt, thank you and much for coming on and giving us sort of lowdown on Northampton.
5: i just got one question for you. Yeah, sure um you guys i don't know some you sometimes see on twitter mk dons fans seem to think this is some kind of rivalry and you know we ate cobblers and all that sort of stuff so we obviously sort of see it as just like a local local game what are you, what are your guys thoughts is it a derby is it a rivalry I,
4: um... I think the fact that we play each other so much and i think it's more just the distance it's a it's a local it could kind of develop into something yeah i wouldn't necessarily into, say it's yeah. a rivalry but it's like a local game sort of thing and it's Mm. the fact we play each other so often i think fuels that
2: yeah it's it's the same with peterborough isn't it? we played peterborough quite a lot and especially in like his playoff games previously that it's not a rivalry quite unquote, but it's definitely more competitive games than they would typically be if we were Mm. facing like a hole like we did on saturday or something like that but yeah thank you once again matt for coming on if you uh want to plug anything feel free
5: yeah, so it's just um, on YouTube, just Cobbler's Vlogs, um, C-O-W-B-L-E R S and then Vlogs is just as it sounds, um, B-L-O-G-S. Um, so yeah, if you want to come and tune in, I think Liam's going to come on and uh, chat to us about the game tomorrow night. So um, yeah, um, just come and give us a sub, please. Um, and we'll have a, a kind of match reaction as well, sort of within an hour of the game finishing as well. So if you want to get some sort of instant reaction, then that will be uh, probably your best place to go
2: yeah i believe it's gonna be about 8 p.m tonight when we split this out matt so um yeah definitely tune in for that if you have a chance it'll be uh well it'll be pretty similar to this but from different perspectives i'm sure and it'll be yeah look forward to going on so yeah, thank you very much for tuning in to episode 34 of the mq1 podcast it'd be brilliant if you could rate review and subscribe and as always come on you dons
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
0: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
1: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.